now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Reel Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, Mark Larson, thank you, and Southern California, welcome again to another Sunday edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am indeed your underfished host, Hop Along John Cassidy, and we are so glad you could make time in your Sunday evening to be with us. Great weather out there, great saltwater fishing, great uh, freshwater bite, high Sierras are still coming off, a lot of things to do, so I can't tell you how much we appreciate your time that you spend with us, and we're going to make it worth your while tonight because we've got a great show lined up for you tonight. We are going to feature not only a star that is currently shining in the bass fishing community, but also we're going to be looking at the future stars of bass fishing. Let me tell you what that's all about. First of all, Bill Simitel is going to be with us. He is going to be reporting to us from Priest River at the uh, Anglers Inn compo- uh, compound, Whispering Lodge. He is at the just concluded. It is the uh, uh, the Big Bass Junior Championships up there in uh, Idaho. We talked a little bit about that. Bill's going to come on with us. We're going to have some special guests that were part of the competition. We're going to talk about what it was all about and find out what the winners won and how well they did. That'll be in the first hour. Then later on the hour, Danny Wade from H&M Landing is going to be with us with an offshore report. You're going to want to find out what's happening because fishing is still red hot. And in the second hour of the show, we're going to have the 2019 One Bass U.S. Open champion, Nick Salvucci, with us. And Nick is going to tell us, hey, where he came from, a lot of you may not be familiar with Nick, so we're going to talk a little bit about where Nick came from, some of the fishing and events he's done before fishing this year's U.S. Open. You're going to want to hear all about it because it's an interesting show. But before we get to all of that, first of all, Wendy Toshihara is on a hunt. She's up in Utah, and Wendy... I hope you brought your knickers with you because I know you're probably in the middle of a snowstorm right now, but I hope you're having fun and you're much successful with that. But my other co-host, fresh from Cabo San Lucas, is with me. He is the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a pretty darn good fisherman, both freshwater and saltwater in its own right. Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how are you doing tonight? Good evening, John. Good evening, everybody. I am uh, in recovery for two weeks in Cabo. <laughs> should have probably checked into betty ford first but here i am <laughs> not only that man you had to dry out because i know you had some wet weather while you were there too we had a uh it wasn't really that inclement it just all of a sudden when the rain came in it rained so heavily it was washing cars down the street of cabo 
It lasted for a, a day uh, of that really inclement stuff and went away within, and it was a 12-hour vigil, but man, they had a lot of water. So it was, uh, it didn't stop anything. That That is an amazing, resilient town. When something like that happens, everybody gets in a shovel and a, and a pickup truck and they start throwing stuff in the back and shoveling the where the roads need to be filled in and within 24 hours man you're back on the run it's pretty amazing all right well welcome back stan glad you are back safely but let's get on to our first guest you know a lot of times we talk about the future of fishing and we we highlight events and individuals that are involved with introducing this great sport that we as adults all love and we're trying to figure out, hey, have we lost a generation of kids? Uh, you know, where are the next stars of tomorrow coming from? Well, we've got a guy with us right now that really has gone out and done something to find these individuals and not only find these junior individuals, but to help promote the sport of bass fishing to them by putting together one of the largest junior fishing events I think I've heard of. Let's find out all about it. He is calling us from Priest River, Idaho. He's at the uh, new Angler's Lodge Whispering, or Angler's Inn Whispering Lodge Inn in Idaho. Mr. Bill Semitel. Bill, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. John, how are you doing this evening? Uh, we are doing great, but boy, have you had one heck of a week. I mean... I'm just going to hand it on over to you to tell us what has been going on up there because from what I've seen from the Facebook post and seeing uh, uh, the live feeds, you have run one heck of an event up there in Idaho. It has been pretty crazy, John. I could tell you that much. Um, yeah, from uh, from a thought and a dream, I basically starting in January and uh, what we had now October and uh I think we put together something that it actually surprised me. So the big thing is, is I, I got together with some unbelievable sponsors. M massive shout-out to Bassmasters to help present this and do a Bassmaster Live on Facebook. You can go there right now and actually watch the live weigh-in and see who won the tournament. Um, Billy Chapman with Anglers Inn International up here at the Willow Club, he he just did over-the-top stuff, not just for the, the tournament itself, but the kids, the parents, the hospitality, his lodge, his, his marina is literally top-notch. Um, I've been all over the world, and especially all over the U.S. fishing tournaments, John, and and the combination of, of Bassmasters and Billy and, and Bass Cat coming on board, not only you know putting up a $30,000 Bass Cat Margay, but uh, jumping on and getting life vests for every single uh, youth that uh, was fishing, and then putting out some more stuff with a $25,000, uh, you know, mystery weight option. And, I mean, the, the list just goes on and on. And uh, I think we pulled it off. I mean, we, we came up here and uh, spent uh, an extra week getting this place set up. These you know, Billy, and uh, some of the people that may be listening right now may be, uh, uh, you know, scratching their head and go, what the heck are they talking about? What What has Bill put together? Can you just... Quickly give us a little background on what it was that you did and why you were finally up there at uh, the Willows Inn uh, in uh, uh, Priest River, Idaho. 
You know, let me yeah. chime in one second here, if you, if you will. Billy, congratulations, buddy. But a, over a year ago, Billy was talking to me about, hey, I'm going to try to make this thing work and do a big event for kids and, and came up with the idea how to make it work. And it, it has been, and I, I, we have talked over the year here several times, while he was trying to get the, the thing on the ground and starting to roll. And once it started to roll, even at that, you know, it was rolling slowly. Uh, but he kept his nose to the grindstone on this thing and kept going and going and going to the point that he didn't fish. I never saw him on the on, or his boat being used all year this year, which is really unusual for Billy. So, you know, kudos, buddy. You've done a great job getting to this point. But go on and tell your story of how this came about. No, we do a lot of tournaments, Stan, uh, across the board for the adults. Um, I thought there was a an unbelievable opportunity for the youth and the parents. And the more I saw the clubs and everything blow up and, um, you know, getting out there and talking to parents, I found out that a lot of people were being left behind. So the tournament was based on a $25 entry fee from Basson. You uh, enter for $25. You fish your state from uh, January 1st to August 15th. Largest fish caught in your state comes back and qualifies for a world championship basically at a, a certain destination and that was the willows club so we had uh i had i think almost 48 49 states entered wow. we actually got 46 individuals across the U- u.s from california to pretty much maine that showed up here at billy's place and these young anglers went head to head for a big bass tournament and it involved uh boys and girls across the U.S. And the prize payout, you know, we have a couple people here you guys are going to be pretty impressed with. We got uh, Chad and Bryce Drake from Arizona. Bryce won uh, Arizona months back and qualified, and uh, they drove their boat and truck all the way up here so Chad, the dad, could be the boat captain to watch his son fish. Um, Got paired up with uh, Katie Curry from Wyoming, so she was one of the uh, young ladies that got to uh, fish this tournament as well. And to tell you the truth, Stan, I mean, I'm going to let them talk a little bit in the next segment. Good. But uh, we, we, between what we did with the sponsors, it, it's got to be close to maybe $400,000. $400,000 worth of product <laughs> and prizes was given away at this tournament uh, this year for the first annual Big Bass Junior Championship. Well, uh, Bill, let's talk to uh, uh, Bryce and Chad and uh, find out a little about their story and and see how this event worked out for them. Absolutely. I'm going to give you uh, Bryce. He's the young angler that's representing Arizona. And uh, let him tell you what he thinks about this tournament. Hey, John. Hey, Bryce. Welcome to the show. You're speaking with uh, not only myself, but Stan, too. And, uh, hey, tell us a little bit about your story. Did I guess, did you wind up having a good time up there? That's the big thing. Oh, yeah. I absolutely had a blast. This tournament was amazing. Everything, the way everything was set up, all the prizes, everything, especially the Willows Club, it was just all great. How tough was it for you to get there? Because how, if I can ask, how old are you, Bryce? I'm 17 years old. So you're 17 years old, living in Arizona. Uh, uh, What did you do? to first qualify, and then what did you have to go through to get on up there? Because it's not an easy trek from anywhere in the United States to get there to Priest River. Well, first, it went with a lot of my sponsors back home. Like, all my sponsors, Bordertown, 
Taipan Rods, just everybody that really helped me out, especially the, the Yuma community down in Arizona. Everybody just helping out so much, uh, helped me afford to get up here. What was, what was your big fish? Oh, 8.63 pounds. Nice. Me and where did you catch that fish? What's that? I said, where did you catch that fish to qualify? Uh, it's a little lake down by my house called Mitri Lake in Yuma, Arizona. Well, Mitri isn't exactly a secret, but yeah, there's some toads that come out of there. That's that's neat. So you, you qualified from your state, and then what path did you take to get on up there to Idaho? Well, we first went through Nevada, through Las Vegas, and then Utah, Salt Lake City. And then from there, we shot up through Wyoming, and then Montana, and then up to Idaho. It, you know, great. the story is pretty, pretty awesome there, guys. So when Drake qualified, you know, a lot of these kids being younger, they reached out to figure out how to get funding. And uh, you'd be surprised that uh, I'm, I'm not about giving participation awards. A lot of these kids actually started reaching out to the community, Facebook pages, Facebook Live. Uh, they, they, I, I know Bryce did some raffles from, from his local stores, and uh, he actually put a lot of sweat equity in, as, as well as a lot of these other anglers, to create the funds that not only him getting up here, but he actually brought both his mom and dad. So he, they brought the whole family to be a part of this. And we actually have his dad, Chad, sitting here watching his son do his first interview on Rod and Reel Radio after fishing <laughs> at one of these big tournaments. Well, I want to ask Chad. Hey, Chad, if I can ask you, this is John. When you first heard about this, did, did you kind of think, what kind of a deal is this? And then... How, uh, you know, has your attitude towards this whole thing, has it changed any? Well, to be honest with you, when, when we first heard about it and we had talked to Bill, um, after talking to Bill, you, there was no doubt that this was going to be a great experience. All right. And so, uh, obviously, uh, uh, you found that... Uh, uh, after Bryce uh, qualified, uh, uh, I'm sure you helped him at all, but were there other things that he did to get the resources to go on up there? Yeah, he, uh, like Bill was saying, he did some raffles um, for the rod and reel. Um, did some, oh, they did washing cars. That's right, I forgot about that. They did some washing cars at uh, one of the local businesses that supplies Bryce with a lot of his baits. Um and he's actually started working a couple months ago, and he's used actually some of his cash to help him get up here. Yeah, like wow. I said, well, like I said, you guys, it's pretty awesome watching these families come together. And uh, you know, I have a lot of parents. You know, the moms and dads looking at the kids. I mean, even the bar kids in Minnesota. The dad says, "Hey, you don't have the the bank of bar is going to help, but if you go out, the harder you work at it, the more we'll help you." And I've seen that with almost every parent that showed up here that. You know, the parents the parents put the kids to work, and it, it showed the drive and the passion that these kids have for fishing, you know, and the love. And uh, the, the really crazy thing is, guys, is this, this thing, even for the youth, I think it was bigger for the families because I saw the parents like Chad and, you know, uh, Lori from New, New York and, um, I mean, uh, Miss, uh, uh, Missy from Pennsylvania. I mean, there's so many different people that came up to me that it impact the actual family and they, they work together as a team to come here in a unit 
to uh, to be you know to be kind of blown away. Might you know? I hope they were blown away. <laughs> we were. Oh, well, well, obviously, Bill. Kudos to the parents for supporting the fi- their fishermen the way they did. Because as you said, you had people from New York, you had people from Maine, you had people from Florida, all descending upon Idaho. Uh, in some cases, I know that it had to be. Uh, an effort for the families to make it on up there, and they supported their young anglers to make it on up there. And when they got on up there, congratulations for doing such a great job showing them that it was worth every bit of effort that they put forth to get up there. Yeah, we got to tell you one quick story. I know uh, you guys are going to be surprised. There is so much that happened Friday night. Brendan Paul. Oh, hey, can, I, can we hold back up. for just a little bit, Bill? Because I got a break for a commercial message. You got it, buddy. All right. Hey, Stan Vandenberg and I were talking with Bill Semitel. He's uh, reporting on the just concluded Big Bass Junior Championships up in Priest River, Idaho. Stay tuned. There's still a heck of a lot more to come on Ron Real Radio after these messages. I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose bait, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that will help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. Our hours are Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. See you there. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame. Lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag. Quantum Fishing, we are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619 466 8355. 
Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble Greg or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the rock lease at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. We're uh, speaking with Bill Semitel from the Big Bass Zone, also a rather expert lure designer in his own right, too. He is at the just-concluded Big Bass Junior Championships up in Priest River, Idaho, and Bill, when we left off, you were about ready to start relaying to us some of the uh, stories that surrounded this event. So it's your time to go, Guy. Yeah, well, we're going to try to pack in a whole lot in a little bit of time. Um, <laughs> pretty much, John, you know, two days to set up the event center, but these kids walked in Friday right off the bat, over $28,000 of prizes just for being state qualifiers. Uh, qualifiers were handed out. So each one of them walked away with brand-new uh, Bass Cat Life Fest, St. Croix Rods, Dialist stuff. I mean, th- the swag was unbelievable. Next thing you know, Brendan Paulinick shows up, hands out special awards to Trey McKinney for winning five states um, in the Big Bass Junior Championship. And then for Cricket Coats, traveling from uh, Florida to Utah to qualify for Utah. And then it just, it just kept getting crazier and crazier. Al Linder called in and wished everybody good luck. So we had that. The fire department was there from L.A. City, drove uh, 1,200 miles to be the safety team. And uh, it, it was such a big impact. And, and one of the biggest shout-outs we got to give, and I, I keep saying this, to Tim Tuttle from Heller High Water, he was able to uh, put the, uh, the funds up, and we had the Linder crew up here, and we got mo- some of the most impressive interviews. You guys just got to wait to see what we have with the, the kids and the families and the stories um, across the board. So Friday night, I mean, you guys could tell me, too. I got Chad and Bryce here. Friday night was almost like an, an ending of the classic tournament. I mean, it was so crazy just walking out of there. And then, I mean, were you guys impressed with that? Or, I mean, was it just uh, – it was the same. Old- <laughs> it, was, it was. It was. It was. Uh, it was a great experience, and to walk in and see the way everything was set up, and and to know that pretty much one guy had put all this on, you know, with the help of the sponsors and stuff, was just. It was amazing. Yeah, and then and then it went from there, where we got all the kids out, turn around, and next thing you know, Saturday morning, it you know it didn't rain all week long, pretty much. It was rain. It was cold. No kids complained. They jumped in the boats. They went out for uh, eight hours of fishing. They split the boat 50-50, being on the trolling motor. And, guys, I'm telling you, they caught fish. And uh, it, was, it was a head up. And, like I said, if you went to uh, the Bassmaster Facebook page, you can watch the live weigh-in right now of all these young anglers. You're going to see who wins is A.J. Elmore from New Jersey. 
drove all the way out with his family with the new truck he got from Atlanta, Georgia, um, or Atlanta um, Nissan. And we just hooked up a brand-new Bass Cat boat about 20 minutes ago, and they're driving all the way back home with the brand-new boat. But that's not it, guys. I'm telling you, AJ not only won that, Bassmasters came up, James Hall, a VIP four seats at the Bassmaster Classic Dinner of Champions. He's going to be representing wow. the Big Bass Junior Championship at Bassmasters. VIP in the arena, front seat, VIP backstage on the lounge during the expo. Never been done before. Bassmaster jumped on board. Um, he, Joe Thomas, shout out to uh, fly him down. Billy Chapman's given his spot away to fly down to Lake El Salto to film with Joe Thomas on Steel Reel and the Outdoors on the Outdoor Channel. Um, I mean, it just went crazy, and and then it was the prizes. We we gave out. We literally, I'm telling you guys, there there's had to be over four hundred thousand dollars. I mean, El Salto trips, three of them. The the sure. Amazon one, uh, Jack Harpole was third place. Picks that up, and not when he's walking away. Billy Chapman goes, "Hey, I'm going to throw in all the airfare and bump that thing up to probably eight to nine thousand dollar trip to El Salto." And Billy Chapman's going to personally guide this kid. And that's not the big one. The big one was um, the Bethel University scholarships. We had $140,000 in scholarships. And the biggest story of the night, Howard, um, uh, Howard, uh, Brennan Howard from Alabama, when he qualified, he called me up and he said he didn't have the, he didn't have the funds to make it to the tournament. He won Alabama straight up. I end up reaching out to Jordan Lee, the Bassmaster Class, Bassmaster Classic winner. Jordan Lee called up Brennan, bought his plane tickets, and then we got another sponsor to bring his dad out. So they both showed up. Brennan wow. placed twenty fourth place in this tournament, and he walked up on stage, and he got a twenty eight thousand dollars scholarship to Bethel University for twenty fourth. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. And we, just, we just go on. I mean, we, we got five young anglers that walked away with $28,000, and they weren't first place. I mean, everybody won in this. And, and like I said, to watch the parents and the kids and the sponsors, like I said, I, I, I can't thank Basscat and, and Billy Chapman and Bassmasters and everybody else um, what they did because we, we crossed lines. There, there was no politics in this. It was just more about the family and getting kids fishing again. Well, you know, Billy, you know, Billy has always to be... uh, ahead, Bill, uh, Billy has always talked about the fishing uh, up there and how great it is on this end of Ponderay for smallmouth and largemouth. Can we, can we just, you know, take a minute and talk about the fishing and what it was that AJ did uh, to win this event and uh, how he went about doing it. If you've got any details. Well, it, it was a, a, it was a showdown to tell you that much. Uh, Brendan Paul and it came up and said it would probably be a large mouth to win it. Billy said it'd be a small mouth. And sure enough, um, Ying Wah from Montana, he goes out and he's throwing out swim baits. The technology, we, we made a, a pretty fair playing field on uh, the technology with kids showing up, using their phones with the Navionics, no electronics in the boats. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I changed. No nets, no nothing. I mean, that, yeah, tell them, Bryce. I mean, Bryce like, no nets. We, we, uh, I, I try to make this the most fairest, even tournament possible. He's out there on his cell phone looking at Navionics, finding a high spot. 
and he throws the swim bait out, and as it's dropping, next thing you know, he this this monster smallie starts pulling the rod out from his legs. He drops his phone. He he hooks hooks his fish, and then in a uh, was it was five and a half pound five five smallmouth on a swim bait, which is a stout smallmouth. But next thing you know, the next person to weigh in on that one was AJ, and AJ comes out from uh, New Jersey with the. Uh, you know, everybody makes fun of these things. The, the fairy wand with a, a Senko, and he goes uh, downriver by some grass, and, he, you know, these kids are fishermen and the girls, and they they fish the moment, and their best tools are their eyes and the, the gut feeling, and he uh, throws out, and uh, next thing you know, he lays into the fish right off the bat, and he brings in a 590. 590, 590 so it was a head, head-to-head, smallmouth versus largemouth, and it was close, but the A.J., took the W with a, a 590 largemouth. And, and, I mean, Stan, look at, look at all the tournaments we fished at a cast steak and Casitas, which are supposed to be big fish lakes, and we would die for a five-pounder and win a big fish tra- uh, trophy for that. And they're coming up here oh, catching yes. bigger ones in North Idaho and walking away with $30,000 bass boats. Well, you know, not only, it had not to be, only that. Oh, go on, Stan. I was going to say it had to be. Even for the parents, you know, uh, we got some rain in Mexico, but I bet you the tears flowed there from just the joy of all of what's happening or what has happened in this tournament with all the kids that have come in with all of the families. Because as you well know, without family support, you're you're not going to do or go anywhere in our our profession. Uh, you need to have your family, your wife, and and your wherever behind you because without it, man, you're sunk. It's just too much work. Uh, and and having everybody come from all over the nation with the family behind them had to be exceptionally rewarding for you, Billy. Oh, I'm still at awe. But uh, is there anything else that I missed there, Chad? I mean, there's some other things that uh, Billy Chapman threw in for everybody. Oh. Billy Chapman, like Bill said earlier, he's gone above and beyond anything um, that I've seen, especially for junior anglers. Uh, me being a boat captain and a parent, um, I all the boat captains got a four hundred dollar um, certificate for El Salto or the Amazon, and also got four hundred dollars for being a parent. And they actually are letting us use both if we were a boat captain and a parent. So I have eight hundred dollars to go to El Salto, which me and my son, Bryce, have been talking about that for a while. It's getting down there. So that's actually really going to help out a lot. And, I mean, I would have done it without anything and didn't expect anything, and that was just kind of thrown in there. And, and, that, and that's what we're talking about, Stan. I mean, you look at that, Billy, just with that, I think that's another almost sixty, seventy thousand dollars 70000 in certificates he gave to every fireman, every parent, every boat captain in that room. And when you looked at that and then you, you start looking at this family unit, Stan, I mean – now, now you're looking at dads and moms. I mean, dads and moms and daughters yeah. that are enjoying this beyond just this tournament. Now they're they're already talking. I mean, they're already putting the pressure on me. Like, what are we doing next year? And I'm like, well, I'm tapped out. I just want to go fishing. And they're they're putting the screws to me. Like, hey, you got to make it bigger next year. <laughs> oh man, I, I volunteered to help him if if I could. We were talking, you know, a couple of weeks back about. Uh, all of the things that he was getting together and going through that still hadn't solidified yet. So, I mean, it's really been a, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm an amazing feat. I got to give you credit where credit's due here. Billy, you have done a, a phenomenally wonderful job uh, of getting this thing together because, and, and everybody said, yeah, you were nuts and you couldn't get her done too. I mean, 
So yep. you know, the only guys that get it done are the guys that get her done, and you've done good, a great job. Um, and and listening to the stories here uh, is I've been smiling the whole way through because it's such a great thing for our our for our sport and the families that are involved, you know, from the guys and gals alike. You know, you got the young girls that are involved and young guys that are involved too. It exponentially will help our sport in the long run, which really that's the bonus. And, and you know, here's the biggest thing is we sat in and we did a lot of interviews with a lot of the kids. I mean, we tried to get through 46 with the, the camera crew and TV and, we spent days on that, but you know, the most impressive thing is when you're hearing a 14 year old, you know, boy, you know, Colton Smith from Florida, walk offshore and catch an 8:33 flipping from the shore, or Jack Harpole to get there. that lost Colorado, but he goes to Wyoming on a, a trip with his dad. They get a $200 kayak. You know, Jack goes out, stands on top of the kayak, flips out, catches a three four pounder, and he ties the Katie Curry. In, in Wyoming on a kayak, and, you know, Noah, Noah Furtick over there in Washington, he doesn't even have a boat or a kayak. He just shore fishes. So, I mean, what, what we're doing here, guys, is, you know, we know that there's 60,000, 70,000 club anglers between bass and FLW and TBF and all that stuff, but there's literally 4 million kids out there that the parents, even with the combined income, they will never be able to afford a big, expensive bass boat. And all I'm doing is you know, trying to open up the door that it doesn't matter who you are, where you live, or what type of funds you have. You have the passion of fishing, and you have a desire to do it. You go out and fish, and that one cast, if you do it, you're going to get help. The, the industry is going to back the families and the kids to get you to the championship. And when you show up, like AJ, you, you know, something could happen that it literally could change your life. and. You know, we might have the next Brandon Polinick or Van Dam or, you know, you know, Skate Reese or whoever you want to, you know, look at. And they might come from the true grassroots that had nothing. And, and I think that the industry has lost sight of that because everybody always focuses at the people that have the money and they leave the people that don't have money on the side that would never be able to enjoy it, you know, to that level that we, you know, you know, Stan, you and, you know, hop along, we, you know, we're fortunate. There's a lot of unfortunates. So why don't we give them yep. a shot? Why don't we give them an opportunity to still go out and have fun any, they w- any way they want and then maybe become a star? Bill, we only have a minute left, but I've got to ask the question. Is there going to be a 2020 edition of the uh, Junior <laughs> Big Bass Championship? <laughs> I've got answers. Everybody's jumping on me. I don't know. My wife, I'm going to have to look at my wife. I'm not, I don't know. She was, uh, I, I haven't been around much. Uh, I've been in a different world in the mindset for uh, so many, so many months, but I, I think I created something. And you know what guys, it's, I didn't create anything. I think the families and the kids created something that they needed, that it's going to be going to be huge. You know, John really what made this, this tournament, what it is, is Bill. As much as he gives credit to everybody and everything else, everybody else has done, Bill has put so much time, effort, and hard work into this tournament to really make this thing come through, to contact those sponsors, to get with everybody, to really try. And the crazy part is that people tell him that he couldn't do it, and he really prevailed and actually did it. That's the crazy part. So Bill is real. He He's the man. Put it that way. He, <laughs> so. I, I did right, not guys, pay him to say that, guys. I did not pay him. <laughs> 
we're gonna we're gonna have to leave it at that, Bill. But uh, we'll be checking in with you if, if people are looking for updates on if this is going to be coming off again. Uh, how can they stay in contact? Yeah, the best way is on my Facebook page, Bill Cimatel or the Big Bass Zone. Um, we might have a lot of big changes coming up. I, I've been contacted by a lot of people. Um, we might, if we do it, I mean, we blew this one out of the water, but if we do it, it, it will be bigger. And I would love to see a boat and a truck and five or $600,000 next year for the kids and, uh, pay their entire way and their families and rooms and food and, and, and try to do it right. Well, Bill, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Uh, please also give our regards and our thanks to uh, Billy Chapman Jr. up there at the Willows Inn. And we look forward to, to talking with you when you get back down here to Southern California and hearing more about this, okay? Thank you guys very much. And uh, Brad and Chad, or Chad and Bryce, I just want to give a shout-out to them. They're, they love this so much, they went back out fishing in the rain today, guys. That's how hardcore. <laughs> They're both soaking wet sitting here talking to you. Well, thank you so much, guys, for sticking around to talk with us. Great story. And, you know, all I can say is good luck in uh, 2020, okay? Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, we're going to have to take a break right exactly. now. Stan and I are going to be back. But coming up next, Danny Wade from H&M Landing is going to give us an offshore report. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. There's nothing more peaceful than fishing. Just me, my pole, and some bait. Oh, and my life jacket, of course. I like fish, but I don't want to end up at the bottom of the water with them. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. We want to tell our listeners a little about Bajo La Luna Restaurant, located within a lush hidden garden in the heart of Cabo San Lucas. This family-run restaurant offers patrons a selection of unbelievable tapas, the most delicious Mexican entrees, an outstanding selection of wines, and crafted cocktails and the most amazing desserts, all served in an upscale, casual, outdoors atmosphere at prices you'll find very affordable. When you visit Bajo La Luna, mention Rod and Real Radio, and there might just be a complimentary beverage served with your dining experience. Bajo La Luna is located right across the street from Cabo Wabo and offers free or valet parking. Get all the information you'll need to visit Bajo La Luna Restaurant on Facebook, just click their direct link icon found on RoddenReelRadio.com. 
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth, moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the fishing boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart. Did you know that when you donate blood, you're not only helping others, you're also helping yourself? Donating blood lowers the risk of heart attacks in men by more than 70%, lowers the risk of developing cancer, and helps you maintain a healthy liver. So donate blood to help someone else and to help yourself. If you can't donate, you can still make a difference with the financial gift. It's the best way to give back. Hook, line, and sinker. And for more information and to make a financial donation or an appointment, visit sandiegobloodbank.org. That's the sandiegobloodbank.org. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Hey, Stan Vandenberg and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Wendy Toshar is on a hunt in Utah, and we're wishing her good luck. And I know she'll come back with some stories in the next coming week. You know, we've been talking about uh, freshwater fishing uh, up in Idaho. We're going to be talking about the U.S. Open in the second hour. But, hey, there's no way we can get around the elephant in the room. The saltwater fishing off our Southern California coast is still pretty epic for this time of the year. And who better to call and tell us just exactly what's happening to give us the details is Danny Wade from H&M Landing. Danny, welcome to Ron Real Radio. What's happening out there? Pretty good, John. Pretty good. Good fishing. Uh, about uh, as good as you can really get, get, especially this time of year. Well, uh, uh, you know... Yeah, tell us, you know, because as I understand it, it seemed like there were just all the skipjack to be had. And even though, yeah, those still count as the catch and everything like that, it's not necessarily skipjack for what people are going out for. Uh, how how has this changed? And are there other species now out there that are showing up in the counts? Well, it's more yellowfin tuna than anything else. Nice. Uh, I mean, the boats are... These boats that are fishing today, most every one of them is turning in limit style fishing, uh, and a smattering of skipjack. You know that too, that yellowfin when it gets going real good, it kind of pushes the skipjack away. So, but it's 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 it's, it's you know if if you've never caught a yellowfin and you want to catch one, now's the time to do it. Don't wait. Don't put it all. Oh, well, I'll wait till they're really biting because they're not bite, going to bite any better than they are right now. Yeah, Dan, I've been gone for two weeks. And uh, when I left, you know, there was the bluefin were still going pretty decent here and there. Uh, the big ones were still being caught, you know, singularly, like some of the private boaters were on that bigger stuff. And and that, you know, 60 to 100-pound stuff was still being caught by some of the boats, depending on where they were. Is that still around? And or is that, and, and the yellowfin were, were going pretty good when I left, too. But that will be a consistent fish until it really cools off. But is the bluefin still around, or are the guys still catching that stuff? You know, the guys that are able to do that two and a half, three and a half kind of day, that kind of thing, that that you know, call them forty to sixty and eighty pound bluefin. It's still around. You know, it's farther west. 
and, it, and it's, oh, okay. uh, it's just kind of pushing the one-day guys. You know, it's a little bit far, but it's still around, it's and there's still a mixture that gets in with his elephant here on these local areas. How big is the elephant? The big stuff, you know, I don't know anybody that's been messing with it, so I really can't say. No, I mean, but how big are the elephant? This is a pretty consistent uh, 20 plus. Oh, well, that's excellent. I mean, you get to make sure of them little 10 pounders here and there. But I mean, even, you know, I was out a week ago and it was 40 pound and they were biting it, you know, and it's 20, wow. 25 pound good. fish. That's excellent. Yeah, it's good, you know, good okay. fishing. You know, it's picking the right bait, not getting too big on the size of the hook, even fishing 40 pound. I was fishing a number two hook. Yep. And they bite it. Wow. And you can put a lot of pressure on a number two hook. You know, it, 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 it sure. works just fine. Yeah. Do you still have to uh, go on a day and a half? Or, Danny, are, are they within, uh, you know, full day range? Or wh- what type of uh, a trip should you arrange for yourself if you want to get the, the best crack at these yellowfin and this mixture of bluefin right now? If you want to catch a shot at a bluefin, you need the day and a half or better. Uh, anything of an overnight trip or even, you know, what we used to call a three-quarter day trip, now it's called a day trip, uh, you have a very good shot at that yellowfin. Again, I mean, the the old glory is called in the limits. The Mustang's called in the limits. Uh, the Grande is at a hundred and something, you know, mm. and it's just good fishing. How about during, you know, we're talking about the weekend, but how about during the weekdays? Are are the boats going out, and are the loads a little bit lighter now that we're getting into the uh, end of October and the and the fall season? Yeah, loads. I mean, we have boats scheduled every day of one variety or another, and, and the loads are getting lighter. You know, it's just time of year. People are starting to look at different things, you know, whatever it may be, Halloween, Thanksgiving and and so on, and and traditionally, you know, I mean, traditionally we run out of passengers before we do fish. Yep, especially over the last several years. Yeah, uh, the fish stick around and the and the anglers quit. But Danny, uh, do you, you know, have any? Uh, do, you, do you have any I'm, hints for the fishermen? Because I know here in the tackle store, we got guys going out and they know about the lighter leader line and they know about the number two and the number four hooks or anything else like that. And, you know, yeah, they want to kit, but they want to maybe try to do something different. Are there different techniques that you can recommend or that you know of that guys are using to catch these fish to kind of, kind of break it up a little bit? There's nothing super secret, you know, uh, just scale back on whatever you're going to do. If you want to, do the flat fall or the SK jig. Don't use the 200s. Use the 120s, the 160s, or even the 100s. The Colt Sniper type or Mega Bait type of a lure. You know, don't use those four and a half or five ounce lures. You want that, you know, ounce and a half to say three ounces. And you just scale everything back. You know, you don't fish all that stuff on 130 pound. You fish your lures on 40 pound, even 30 pound. You know, and you just yep. scale it back. 
fishing, getting baits, fishing a smaller hook, the lighter line. You don't have to have the first bait in the water. You just got to have a good bait in the water, and you get a bite. Exactly. You know, if you if you pick a bait, oh, you're in a hurry. I got to get a bait in the water. Well, and the thing squirrels around on top like a figure eight. You're not going to get a bite. The guy next to you picks a bait that swims well. He gets a bite, and that's what it's all about. Is you don't have to. It's it's like a John Wooden thing, you know. Be quick, but don't hurry. Sure Pick the right does. bait, put it in the water, and fast. you'll get the right result. Now, Danny, I was out at the Shelter Island launch ramp uh, this afternoon and saw the the premiere going on out, and it was packed. And I know some of the people are with with they were looking at it and they go, "Well, what, what are they catching going out this this late in the afternoon? How is the half day fishing uh, still going?" It's good on a shallow water rockfish. Been some decent sculpting, mixing some sand bass. Uh, not anything to speak of on a, the quote surface variety. But if you know if you're looking for fish and chips and some taco fish, it's a, it's good. There's nothing wrong with that. That's good table fare. How how about the yellowtail? Have the yellowtail showed up at all? No, I don't know what's no. going on with those. Uh, at the islands, down below the islands in La Jolla, all the way to, you know, up to Long Beach. I mean, it's just nothing. It, it's, it's somewhere, but I don't know where. Uh, and, that's, you know, it's too bad. And the other, th- the other half of the battle is nobody's really fishing for it because everybody's offshore. Yep. There is not a sport fishing boat. In San Diego, fishing at the Coronado Islands right now. Uh, Malahaney on rare occasion. But everybody's offshore. So it makes so it kind of re- tough. E- even, even, you know, the boats out of, out of Mission Bay, you know, the half-day boat, half the time they're offshore. So it's, it, well, you know, it makes t- it tough to try and find them. Now tell me, with what you know right now and what you've learned over this weekend and the past week, you get a fisherman that's planning to go out of H&M Landing on a day-and-a-half boat you know, during the week or maybe come next weekend. What gear would you suggest for them to bring? Is it is it the same thing we've been looking at for the next couple of months? Or maybe are there some you know ultimate nuances or, or, or tricks or tips that you can give people to help them with their fishing experience? Nothing right now that's a real secret. Again, smaller hook, a number two hook. I would suggest you buy the uh, 94-151, the must, the must add. Uh, 20 or 25, 30 pound. My preference myself is 25 pound. And then jump to, say, 40 pound. Again, if the fish get a little bigger or that bluefin gets in the mix, it gives you, especially if it's that 40, 60, 70 pound fish, it gives you a really good shot at putting them on a boat. And spend your time at the rail, put your good baits on, and it, it'll all work out. You know, it will, the, the fish that bites, you know, the, that, that yellow fin can turn into blue fin, and vice versa. Yep. So it just all depends. You know, it depends on the day, depends on the hour. And Danny, you know, over here in the shop, we get a lot of fishermen that are coming in and their companies are, are taking them out on trips. Uh, a lot of them, uh, maybe uh, this may be their first time on a trip, or they only go out once a season. 
they don't have the type of gear that they really think they need to to you know to give them the fishing experience they should have. Uh, when they come in there to H and M Landing, come out of uh, go out on one of the boats there on the landing. You guys, you have a great selection of rods and reels that you can recommend for them uh, that they can take out with you. Uh, tell us, uh, give us a little rundown about what you have available there. Well, for any of this tuna stuff, we have your basic Jigmaster setup, 30-pound, and typically on a seeker rod. Some of them are Akuma, but mainly seeker. And then we, we graduate up into the lever drag series, same basic rod. But we get in the 30-pound on, on what's called an MXL Abbott, which is a lever drag. And then we jump to 40-pound, which is also lever drag. But we get into the two-speed in the JX, the 6.3 JX, and 40-pound. Then we go to the LX and 50-pound. And we can take you all the way to the 30 and fishing right at 100-pound. All those reels are, are backed with braid. So a lot of line on the smaller reels, a really lot of line on the bigger ones, in case that you know you're trying to fish that big stuff offshore, and we can pretty much accommodate you for what you whatever you want to do. The one thing we do not do, and people ask, is rent our half day gear to go on the offshore trips. So don't ask. All right. But well, uh, you know, thirty you... pound. You know, if you want to go a little bit lighter, get yourself a little. A little mono spool of 25 or put some 25 floral on it. You know, Danny, sometimes being called a rental rod can have an onus of being a, a beginner or, you know, uh, it, it just it just seems like, you know, it isn't like I'm not that great a fisherman. But some of the best fish that that have come on the boats this year have actually come on rental rod equipment. Oh, yeah, we catch a lot of it on it, you know. The, the the hardest part is is people understanding it. You know, it takes a while to understand the lever drag because it's different. It, it works different. You know, you don't have the star. You don't have the lever to that quick in and out of gear. You have the strike zone. And that's the hardest part is getting people to, to kind of understand it and realize that you don't need to push that lever all the way forward. You know, you, you just need to go halfway. And, I mean, last year on the Top Gun, I was on a three-and-a-half-day trip on one of these, these, you know, the EX Pro 30. The guy got a 270-pound fish. It was, you know, six- or seven-hour battle. And that was on, mm. quote-unquote, rental gear. And, you know, right. and the guy, it's a fish of a lifetime. The guy will never catch a fish like that again in his life, probably. <laughs> True. And, and, you know, it's a good gear. You know, you just got to, you got to. Listen to the guys when they're giving you the little dissertation at the bait receivers. This is how this works. This is how we do this. And then ask questions. And, you know, everything will, will come together. Well, even before they go out in the boats to stop off there at the H&M Tackle Store and uh, to talk to you or Rick. And if you feel like, uh, you know, there's something that you don't feel confident about doing, just to ask you guys. And you guys are Always there to give the uh, information the fishermen need. The, the thing I, that I'll say, you know, whether it be me, Rick, or any, <coughs> anybody else that's here, we're trying to get you the right gear. We don't get paid any more or any less whatever you buy or don't buy. 
we're recommending those Mustad hooks because they work and they work well. If you want to buy a more expensive hook, go right ahead. But we're not trying to influence you in a monetarily way at all. We're trying to get you the best gear for the right job. Again, these Mustad hooks have been around for almost 150 years, so they've been doing something right. And, yeah, the size fish they they're work. catching, that's perfect for that. You bet. Hey, Dan, unfortunately, we got to go right now. If uh, people are interested in finding out more about the different trips that are available out of H&M Landing on what particular boats, skippers, and things like that, how's the best way to go about doing it? Well, one of two. You can call in, 619-222-1144. You realize that number's been here since 1935. And you can uh, go online at hmlanding.com. You can book a trip that way. You can book a trip either way. You can do it yourself, or you can call in and have somebody do it for you. All right. Danny, I know you guys are busy over there right now getting things together. We want to thank you for taking the time to be with us. And, you know, let's check in with you here in the not-too-distant future and keep updated with what's happening. Thanks a lot for being with us. And thank Frank and all the guys over there for making you available to us so that uh, we can chit-chat a little bit tonight. All right, bud. All right. We'll see you. All right. Hey, good, night. good night. Hey, Stan and I, we're going to take a little break right now. But coming up in the second hour, Nick Salvucci. Man, you want to hear his story. He has been one of the hottest sticks around for the past year. And he has a crowning achievement that just happened last week. We're going to find out all about it. Stan and I, we're going to take a break right now. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. We'll be right back. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hi, this is John, and I'd like to invite you to the new Angler's Arsenal location in Lakeside, California. We put together a staff of experts that will help you find the tackle and gear you need at a price you can afford. We carry all the major brands, and if you need custom work done, we can do that for you with both rods and reels. How about servicing your old equipment? No problem. We can do it quickly, easily, at a price you can afford. We also do custom hand-poured plastics through Western Plastics. Design the lure of your dreams and catch the fish that have been getting away. So come and visit us in Lakeside. We're at 12255 Woodside Avenue. Or you can visit us at anglersarsenal.com. If you need to call us, we're at 619-466-8355. Our hours are Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. See you there. Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your baitcasters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame. Lighter, stronger, 
bone crush and drag quantum fishing we are performance tuned check them out at anglers arsenal in la mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355 Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, Stan and I, we want to welcome you to the second hour of Rod and Reel Radio. Wendy Toshihara is on a hunt tonight up in Utah. So, Wendy, we're wishing you good luck. I've got a feeling you're listening to us, and I hope you're staying warm because I hear you got hit by a big blizzard up there. So, good luck, and we want to hear all about it when you come back, Wendy. Hey. I know she's. I know she was going to try, but that's all I know. From where she's at, it's pretty tough. All right. Hey, you know, we spent the first hour of the show talking about the future of, of bass fishing with the um, uh, the Big Bass uh, uh, Junior Championships up in Idaho. Fishermen from 50 states, can, you know, descended upon Idaho. And these kids, men and women, boys and girls, they all turned out to be the future of our sport. Well, We've got a guy with us right now that is the president of our sport, and I got to believe that he's having a pretty good year in his own right, starting from uh, 2018 at the U.S. Open and going right into 2019. Let's uh, introduce our listening audience uh, from Northern California. I'm going to call him Pro Angler, Nick Salvucci. Nick, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for taking the time to be with us because I'm, I can only imagine this has been quite a busy three or four days for you. Yeah, it's been a, been a little hectic. Uh, I mean, I guess the busiest part was trying to figure out how to get the, the boat back from Las Vegas, but I, uh, I got back Thursday night and you know, I've been gone for, <clears throat> I pre-fished that tournament for two and a half days, but I took one day off because of the wind. So I've been, I think I've been gone like eight, nine days from home. So I've been Trying to play a bunch of catch up, mow the backyard, mow the front yard, and play with the dog, and and get everything in order, get ready to go back to work tomorrow. Well, you know, Nick, our, our listening audience is mainly in the Southern California area. Even though you know podcasts are downloaded uh, of the show literally all over the United States, and actually, you know, outside of the United States, a lot of us here in Southern California, though, we may not be familiar with you. And and can you? Catch us up a little bit about uh, uh, about yourself and tell us some of the things you've been fishing and and take us uh, maybe take us up to at least the uh, uh, the Wild West Bass uh, Tournament Series uh, that you were fishing this year and especially the Clear Lake event. 
Actually, Nick, sure. this is Stan Vandenberg. Let's go back a year because you've been you've been involved. Actually, you're out of Central California. Uh, you've been you were you finished second at the U.S. Open last year, and and you got onto a bite that was a little bit better than everybody else, obviously, but just didn't quite make it. But uh, I want to go back to you know where you came from, what you started with, you know the tournaments you were starting with back when. I don't know how long you've been fishing, but we'll go from there and then talk about last year's U.S. Open and the Wild West Tour to this year. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess really just started doing pro-am seriously uh, about three years ago. Um, you know, I've been fishing tournaments since I was about 14. Uh, and I guess first tournament, me and my brother fished, and we just fished our little fishing ski. I didn't have a driver's license, obviously, at 14, and we fished a local lake called Lopez here in the central coast of California. And it was an ABA tournament, and we uh, we uh, entered the tournament, and my brother read, said, read the newspaper the week before. They said there was a tournament, so we, me and him went down there, and he's, you know, he's a Older than me, and enter this tournament, and we got third place. We didn't even know what the options were. We didn't enter options, and fourth place was happy with us. But uh, that's when I first met Jared Littner. He uh, he ended up winning that tournament, and kind of <laughs> got to know him over the years. And basically, since I was probably I'm 39 now, so for the last I mean, since I was like 21, so last 16, 17, whatever years that is, me and him have been team partners, and we fish all kinds of circuits together, and. We've uh, we won a boat together, and, and we've had a lot of success. And you know, I would dabble. I fished a, a pro am, I think, here and there over the years, but not very many. And pretty pretty busy with work. And when 2016 came out, that's when Wild West started, and we really haven't had a whole lot out here in the West. And so I fished the first tournament Wild West in. It was a Shasta tournament. They were just two day tournaments there the first year. And I think I, I got like uh, 14th or 15th in that tournament. And they uh, for their championship they went to Lake Mead that year, but I didn't fish the whole circuit, so I didn't qualify for it. But my buddy Ken Ma went to that championship, and go. and he said, "Oh, that Lake Mead." He goes, "Nick, you would like it. You would like it." And I said, "Okay." So the following year, 2017, I uh, I fished the the whole circuit of, of Wild West Bass Trail, and I qualified for the championship in 2017. And uh, went back to Lake Mead. That's the first time I've ever laid eyes on Lake Mead. You know, I've only been there four times, counting this last trip. And I fished that tournament, and I, uh, I pre-fished for two days, and I fell in love with that lake. I'm like, dang, this lake fits me. And I end up uh, winning that championship as a three-day tournament, and I won that by I think over five pounds. And all right, let's I won go a, back. Uh, let's go back. Z5 go Let's go back to just a little bit there. This lake fits me. What's your style of fishing that fits you for that lake? Because Dobbins has been on with us, and he said if if Lake Mead was my home lake, I'd move. And he did. He moved to Texas. But <laughs> but um, what's your style of fishing? What did you find on like? Because Lake Mead is the it's the greatest equalizer of fishermen around. Uh, and and the wind blows one day and you're catching them and the next day it changes and and everything goes away. So talk a well, little I, bit I about I, what I, I'd style agree with is. Gary. Um, I mean, I I would not go to that lake for fun fishing. I would go there for tournament fishing. And I'm I'm just I have a a fire inside of me. I love. I'm a competitive person and anything anything there is, I want to compete. But I guess what fits me. I mean, my style of fish. I'm just a power fisherman. Um, I'm a grinder. I'm hard headed and I don't I don't go out there for twenty, thirty, forty bites. I'm I'm fine with five bites because that's that's what the limit is and I wanna come in with the five biggest fish and 
I, uh, yeah, just go out there and power fish and, and hope I get five bites and hope I, hope I land them. So what were you fishing first year at Lake Mead when you fell in love with it? What was your, what were you doing then? Uh, it was in September. That was the only time I've been there in September and mainly just through topwater. And it's not like I found a school of fish. I just, I found kind of where the fish were positioned and, and, um, and you know what, where they were at, and I was able, able to, I guess, get lucky. You know, it was rough. You said the wind blows, and and uh, it blew the first day, and a lot of people went straight. I hung a left, and I there were four foot waves, and I was lucky. I didn't even come in a limit that day, but I did found a uh, in practice on that tournament. I found a uh, what I thought was like a I mean five six pounder living in this in the bush in like two three foot of water, three foot of water. And when that tournament started, you know, I went to my starting spot, first cut, and I had my rods already, brand new 60 pound, uh, 60 pound braid on, and made like 20 casts with it. I hooked a three pounder, and somehow my, my braid broke. I don't know what happened. I went, oh crap, and here comes this three pounder jumping, jumping up on my baited's mouth, and, uh, so I broke that one off, and I came in with four fish on that, the first day of that tournament, the one that I ended up winning, but, uh, oh. I went to, after that happened, I went over to that bush where I saw that one living at, and I cast top water from 50 yards away, and, and that fish ate and weighed almost seven pounds. So that's, that's the biggest fish I've caught at Mead, and I was happy to do it in a tournament, but I think it was that's like a 682 huge, or something That's a like huge that. fish at Mead, by the way. Seven-pound yeah. fish at Mead is a, is a monster. That's very rare. Uh, over I, didn't millions of years, I didn't know any better. It was the first, back. first time I've ever been there at the time. Yeah. That's good. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm used to fishing Clear Lake, and I'm like, okay, this is normal for there. Well, that's but that was pretty cool. So your first year, you know, you got onto that reaction bite a little bit, and uh, and w- even with the clear water, because Clear Lake is not necessarily not necessarily a clear lake all the time. Um, you're fishing a lot of stained water, and did you fish? Did you stay in the lower basin? Did you go to the the big basin? Did you go Echo? Did you go north up to uh, Greg's Basin? Where did you fish? The first year. I've kind of mixed it. I've kind of mixed it up. I've mixed it up Mid Lake. I've gone into Greg, and I've gone into Overton. Okay. It all kind of all depends. I mean, lake level, what the grass is looking like, watercolor. So kind of always based off of that. So I, I mix it up quite a bit. Well, as a Clear Lake fisherman, probably a Delta fisherman, grass and and weed line is a part of how to figure out your your pattern for uh, any any lake. And Mead has not necessarily the same weed line or or anything like the Delta or, or Clear Lake, but it has small patches of that hardweed uh, that grows, and, and it has some, you know, weed lines where you get some mats. And, and once in a blue moon, you'll find, you know, a tule patch, but it's really rare. Were you fishing any of that, or was it just because the lake's gone down so much that the, you know, the hardwood that was in there, the, the sage and the manzanita is not much around anymore. Yeah, I, you know, I've always looked for the for the the patches of weeds with bait mixed in. I mean, you find the weeds, yeah. you find the bait, and usually you find the fish. That's that's Lake Mead. Well, yeah, so. uh, you know, you seem to have had a lot of great success on Clear Lake, and then you go to what seems to be the extreme. At Lake Mead, uh, you know, how do you account for that, uh, Nick? Uh, I guess I don't know. I, mean, I like, I don't know. Um, I 
said I am. I'm kind of a check and winder. I this last tournament, I never even pulled a spinning rod out of my rod locker. I brought two spinning rods for me, and and the only time I pulled a spinning rod out was for my co-angler on day three. So I, I guess just being hard-headed and being positive, positive thinker, and just going for those bigger bites, and I guess some luck on my side. You know, you uh, fished Lake Mead uh, in the U.S. Open in uh, uh, 2018, and you did fairly well there, not, you know, taking the grand prize, but uh, did fairly well there. But you were, you know, rather committed. You wanted to go back there, and you think you could win that event. Tell us about your appearance there last year and what you did that made you so optimistic that you should, you're going to come back and actually do better. Well, I guess I'd go even a year farther back. So right after the 2017 Wild West Championship that I won, the very next month was the 2017 U.S. Open. And and uh, me and my buddy, Kenma, we, we ended up competing in that one. And that was the first Open I fished. And after day one, I, this, I mean, this is the fourth day on the water I've ever had on the lake, and I was in third place. And I came in with uh, a 13 pounds, I think, of that, that first day. And the second day I went out and I brought in four fish and I had four fish, I think for eight pounds and I dropped down to like 20th. And then the last day I caught almost 13 pounds again and I moved back up to, uh, to, uh, fifth place. So I ended up the 2017 U.S. Open in fifth place and that put a pretty big desire in me to want to win that tournament. Cause on day two, I had some misfortune. You know, everybody's got fish loss stories and, I mean, I, uh, I think I lost that, that open by three pounds and, and I lost some fish that I believe cost me that open. And, and I had a lot of sleepless nights for the last two years. And then, so the 2018 open, I, I mean, I had the calendar out and just waiting for it. And, uh, day one got canceled. And so it ended up being just a, a two day open in 2018. And, and I think I caught 11 and a half the first day and then just under 13 the second day and ended up losing to Bub Tosh by half pound. And I mean, that one I had no regrets. I did all I could. I didn't lose any fish. It just, I needed one more day and didn't have it. And so again, I had to wait another year for this year to come along. And I mean, I've, I've, I've dreamt about that trophy. I wanted that trophy. Uh, and <laughs> I was able to, uh, able to succeed this year and, and bring home the trophy. So. Nick, can I interrupt you for a minute? We got to take a break right now. Can I ask you to stay with us a little bit longer and relate the story of, uh, of how you became uh, the uh, 2019 U.S. Open champion? Sure. All right. Hey, Stan and I were talking with uh, the 2019 U.S. Open champion uh, on Lake Mead, uh, Nick uh, Salviucci, uh, but we got to take a break right now. You're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540 or at ronrealradio.com. Stay tuned. There's still a whole lot more to come after these messages. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. 
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, we want to tell you a little bit about the uh, Catch Fishing hook, line, and lure system. And we have Kavika with us from Catch. Kavika, tell us about the Catch system. Hey, guys. So Catch Fishing Products, uh, Catch Lure, Hook, and Line Holder. Straps on to your rods, whether it's uh, freshwater, saltwater. It's adjustable, UV saltwater resistant. Products made in the USA. Holds on to your lures, holds on to your hooks. And a great feature about it is it also holds on to fishing line. And it's great used as a finger trigger as well. Save your investment in your rods and reels. And we want to remind everyone that the catch system is going to be available at a dealer near you. Hi, this is Lori Heath. You may know me from some of the sports boats out of San Diego. I want to talk to you about something that's really close to my heart the San Diego Blood Bank. Fishing for a way to make a difference in your community? Consider donating blood or making a financial donation to the San Diego Blood Bank. Your gift will impact medical research, revolutionize how we improve health and treat disease, and most importantly, give the gift of life. But we can't do it without you or without your help. Visit sandiegobloodbank.org to make an appointment or to give a financial donation today. It's the best way to give back. And just to let you know, I'm also a blood donor. Hey, everybody. This is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419. Or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. I always wear a life jacket when I'm on the water because I'm lazy. I like floating like a giant turtle covered with SPF 50. The life jacket does the work. I highly recommend this to everyone. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, Stan Vandenberg and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. With us is Nick Salvucci. He is the 2019 U.S. Open champion. And Stan, before we get back to Nick, I, I've got to say, Nick, he put it in a nutshell, I think the way most of us said a fished Lake Mead for a long, long time feel about it. It's a great place to go for a tournament, but not necessarily a lake I'd want to go to just for fun fishing. <laughs> I think that puts it in a nutshell. That's pretty much it. That's why, you know, Dobbin said if I lived there, I'd move. Um, <laughs> it's and he had a lot of success there. I, uh, you know, I've had two shots. I thought I was going to win the U.S. Open. I finished fourth, and I was second at the end of the the second day, right behind Aaron Martins. And uh, uh, when he won it, year the second year there, and and my troll motor broke at nine o'clock or nine thirty in the morning, and I was at the far end of the lake when it was full. 
and I needed the troll motor in the wind to uh, catch the two more fish. I needed two more pounds to win, and I had nine something or something like that at the, with three fish at, at 10.30 or so in the morning, and my day ended. <laughs> so it was all good, but I love fishing the lake. It's I've won the Tournament of Champions there with 364 boats, and uh, but it, if you like the river lakes, period, they're fun to fish. They have their own personality, that's for sure. But you might have to travel a mile in between fish or more. So it's just a tough lake to fish. Let's get back to our guest, Dan. Nick, uh, you know, one of the things I'm interested in is you said you just have to grind it out. Can you tell us some of the techniques that you use when you're fishing a lake like Lake Mead, when you're really grinding it out, are are there go-to uh, techniques that, that you like to use? Or do you kind of, you know, develop what it is you're going to use when you get to the lake itself? Or do you have standbys? I guess my favorite technique would be uh, junk fishing. Um, I mean, I'd carry 30 rods with me and just <laughs> just being ready, ready, um and have the stuff available for for any any scenario that comes up, and kind of like you said, it going you could go a mile or hours without a bite. Um, in the last day, I, I think I had eight eight keeper bites, and I, I put four in the boat. And, I, and you know, I was stressed on that. I didn't think I was gonna thought I was gonna be a fish short, but you mean know, luckily the the two bigger ones I had they were they were bigger than I thought. I thought they were like a three and a three and a half, and and they ended up being bigger than that. All right, before yeah. Stan, did you want to say something? You know, you know the 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 thing that I don't know what it is about Lake Mead bass, but you, they do not like to stay in a hook more than any other place I've, I I think I've fished, and you can set the hook on them. I mean, we lost three fish. I mean, the one the same fish three different times, and the last time I was straight up and down on that fish, and he still got away from me in one tournament. Um, it, it's just that's part of the deal. And I hear his frustration when you say, you know, you had, you know, got eight bites and you came up short and you're going, man, oh man, this is tough. Um, especially losing them on surf. Were you throwing surface baits or reaction baits on that? Or, or did you lose them on, you know, Texas rig or a jig or something like that too? Each day was different. Um, the only one I lost, I was eight bites. I only lost one. It was, uh, I was flipping some, some dead willows and I kind of had a, little booger in my line, a loop in my line, and I went to clean my reel, and I flipped it out like 20 feet, and I was burning burning my uh, my flip bait back in, and I was pretty shallow water, you know, it was two, three feet deep, and as I get to the bait, about five feet from the boat, I look, and there's a two-pounder tracking my bait, and I just I just killed it. I killed the bait, and it smoked it, and I, I set the hook from five feet away, and you know, I had 20-pound fluorocarbon on, and I just snapped my line. I, it was my first bite of the day, and I guess I was little overzealous on, on the first part of the day. And uh, I told myself, I hope that don't cost me. And then and I got over it. And, and I'm usually pretty good at that. I don't, I don't think about fish I lost or bites I missed and try to try to stay mentally strong on, on stuff like that. Well, that's a true tournament fisherman. You got to, you know, unbutton the one or whatever, or you break the one off and you go, and, you know, I hope that one doesn't hurt me at the end of the day. And sometimes it does. But, you know, you got to get the mindset, all right, let's, let's just keep going and, you know, get another one and get them in the boat and see how we end at the end of the day. And hopefully, you know, you can do well or win. Uh, in your case, you did well and won, <laughs> which was the, the point of it all, you know, and being able to junk fish, especially, you know, looking at the, the 
a, the array of different things you can fish at Lake Mead, you know, when you've got uh, some weed line and then you've got all this rock and you've got long points that go out and you've got high spots um, in that there's so much you have to be prepared for the what he's talking about junk fishing is you got to have a bunch of different lures on the deck ready to go so when you see one you can take advantage of every everything that pops up in front of you yes for sure i mean yeah exactly how you put it um you may be fishing a cut and you mean five feet or less and you come out to the point of that now you need I mean, you need a jig or something else to throw on that point. I mean, anything you can to grind it out to get, a, get that next bite. Did you find that the morning was better? Because a lot of times that's the case. And then as the sun gets high, because you had extreme wind prior to this Lake Mead event, and then then it calmed down. You had glass. I think it glassed out for you, didn't it? Yeah, it was it was a glass all three days. Um, it changed daily. I mean, day one I was built 186 out, so obviously I didn't get first pick of where I wanted to go. So I started about five miles away from where I wanted to go. And I think I caught my first fish like at eight thirty, and I made my, my, I believe my weighing time was four o'clock that day. And I made my last call around three o'clock. So it was kind of spotty. Uh, day two, I was, I mean, 75th boat out or something like that. I think there was 255 boats in the tournament. So I was about 186 in reverse order. Um, I was able to start where I wanted to start. And I mean, I had, uh, 11 and a quarter pounds in the boat by nine o'clock and i had a uh <clears throat> i had a small one and one just above one pounder in that limit and i tried i mean i think we got seven keepers that day but three of them were just barely over a pound they were 13 inches and so i was able to call a couple of them out but i still had one in my limit and i basically went from 10 o'clock in the morning to i had a 230 weigh in that day and so i fished till about two o'clock before i run back in that's four hours trying to call that fish out, and I went big. And I went through top water the rest of the day just trying to catch a big one, and I was not able to call that little one-pounder out my limit. So that one kind of bothered you know, me. That's... And then day three, I thought I was going to whack him in the morning because I was able to get him in the morning the day before. And come 9.45, I was at my starting spot. I don't I don't have a fish. And I broke that one off, and I missed a couple other bites. And so I just started running around, running around, and, uh, I think like 9:45, I caught one a little over three, and then around like 11:45, I caught a, I caught that one that was my big one. It was almost four and a half, and then put a couple other fish after 12 o'clock on the boat, and that was that sealed the deal. That's pretty great stuff because I know you can get out there and and unless you've got fish that reload an area, you're not fishing the exact same way in in the same area. The when you were your first stops in the morning, did you run out through, let's say, to the basin area or out towards Echo? How far did you run um, your first stops most of the mornings? Uh, first day, just past the Virgin Basin, but not too much far past that. Yeah. And like, like I said, it was different each day. And then I kind of had a hodgepodge around. I mean, there's 255 boats. There's a lot of boats on that lake. And, oh, and, 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 you know, I just kind of put my head down, put my hood on, and, and, fish behind people and and stay positive and got the right bites well i think you know being the junk fisherman if you're going to call it that you know you identify the most likely spot that you can take advantage of and maybe catch a fish if you're going behind people not everybody is good at that um and i think that's a probably the the difference between the guys that 
know how to win and the guys that are out there fishing and hope that they're going to win you've got enough know-how that you're you take it seems to me if i if i haven't fished against you but if if i was fishing against you you'd have to be one of those guys that, all right you're always in the check line this guy knows how to take advantage of each one of those those situations that comes up in front of them and that's when you're junk fishing that's exactly the key you're you know well there's a, an area that i might be able to get one of the surface bait and if not you know, maybe i can throw a senko in there and get one right next to that or or throw a jig out on the end of that point wherever that is but you have to be able to identify your locations and take advantage of all those yeah 100 percent agree it's just, i think it's just having that versatility and and, uh, I mean, excelling on the opportunities that are in front of you. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, Nick, it, it's taken uh, – uh, the smallmouth have really started establishing themselves in Lake Mead over a, just a few years ago. Do you have a lot of experience fishing smallmouth? And were smallmouth part of the equation that you you were going after to try and fill your creel? A two-part question. So experience, I don't have a whole lot of experience. Um, I mean, there's there's a, I live in Central Coast, so California, and I have four lakes next to me. Lopez Lake, they have smallmouth. Uh, I don't target them. They don't win tournaments there. Santa Margarita Lake, they don't have any. Um, no, very few, and even fewer as years go on. And then San Antonio, and I used to fish that lake for smallmouth, and uh, my favorite part was going out there in April, and I mean, early April and catch them on beds out there. And I've, I've had one tournaments out there with smallmouth mixed in with largemouth. Um, as far as Lake Mead and my creel this year, I weighed in 14 fish this year, 13 of them were largemouth. Last year, it was a two-day tournament. I weighed in 10 fish. And I think four of them were smallmouth. Um, I think the grass was healthier last year and kind of the smallmouth were living where the largemouth lived last year at Lake Mead, but not so much this year. You know, huh. uh, yeah, was the lake in. lower this year? No. No, it was actually higher, but the grass the grass was not the same. Um, there was more grass last year in kind of that six to ten foot range, and and I kind of went to some of the bays this year where the grass was really healthy last year, and it was it was non-existent. Huh. You know, John uh, Murray, I don't, who I don't know why lake actually, a lot has. I, mean, I, I, I stayed in the house this, this year, and there was you know we had six pros and two co-anglers and we've been fishing this and it was um you know there was eight of us in that house and we talked about that the difference between this year and last year and, and we we're all scratching our heads why the grass was not as good as last year just lake fluctuation probably because it goes down it stays down then it comes back up grass doesn't have time to grow um yeah and that's that's the really primary factor there but the, you know, the lake John, was up this year from last year. It was close to what it was in 2017, but I still think it was like two, one or two foot higher than it was in 2017. John Murray has told us, you know, you get a lake that has uh, 1,100 miles of shoreline, and you try to figure out where the heck you're going to fish. And what you do is you you try to find patterns and and areas where fish are biting, and then you see if you can duplicate that those patterns in other areas of the lake. Is that, is that something you tried to do or were, were, did you just have a sense that, man, that place looks fishy. I'm going to try over there. Well, I guess it's just more experience in each year I've gone. This is the fourth time I've ever been to Lake Mead. And I kind of, I guess, kind of get clues of where the bigger fish are living and 
that leg's too large to run around. I mean, he could uh, he could burn a lot of a lot of gas in one day. So I kind of just try to settle down in an area where I think the big, bigger fish live. Well, obviously that worked out well for you because I I think you did well when it came to uh, uh, big fish prizes. Uh, the biggest I didn't you also have the biggest sack of the tournament too? No, I think I missed it. I think I had second biggest sack day, or I know I did for day one and second or third on day two. So I, I, the only thing I won outside of the the, the grand prize was just a thousand dollar big fish for day three. But I'm not I'm not complaining. <laughs> well, coming in with uh, eleven pounds of fish for two days, the first two days of your uh, uh, tournament there, not too bad especially for fishing on lake mead and when you see what all the other guys are doing the problems that they're having and a lot of seven pound limits and and uh, and then i think there was only 31 uh five fish limits for three days that were caught and even then with some of those fishermen catching five fish limits or 15 fish there were a few of those guys that didn't even cash checks yeah, you know, I, I wasn't one of the 31. I mean, obviously, I came in a fish short on, on the third day. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was, it was a grind, um, definitely a grind. Hey, uh, Dick, we got to take another break. Can I ask you just to spend a little bit more time with us after the break and, and, and tell us, you know, a little bit more about uh, what you went on and, you know, how you've gone about handling it and what it means to you and then what's going to be happening in the future? Uh, sure. I got, I got a few minutes left in me. Uh, I still got a lot of stuff I got to get down there. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're speaking with Nick uh, Salviucci. He is the uh, 2019 U.S. Open champion at Lake Mead. Stay tuned. Stan and I, we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason... No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASS-BOAT. Call one 800 227 
800-242-7262 or just spell Bass Boat. 1-800-BASS-BOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASS-BOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners, be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407 or enter the words code group in the App Store on your smartphone. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a little set back with what charter company to choose? We urge you to use American and family-owned Lands and Charters. Lands and Charters offers their passengers affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with the latest of fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a long-time-owned family business. Go to LensAndCharters.com to see all of their vessels and amenities available. Call Cobble, Greg, or Jenny at 800-281-5778 when you're ready for an action-packed Cabo fishing experience. He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it. So I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Rod and Reel Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archives shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, Stan Vandenberg and I, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. We have the 2019 U.S. Open champion on Lake Mead, uh, Mr. Uh, Nick Salvucci. And, Nick, we want to thank you very much for spending some of your Sunday with us. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, you know, tell me, you're coming into the weigh-in. It's the third day. It's the biggest U.S. Open ever. Uh, you only have four fish. You know there's a lot of great fishermen ahead of you. What was going through your mind as you're, you're waiting to get to the scales? I thought I lost it, and you know, when I pulled into the five mile an hour and checked in, and then the first person I believe I talked to was John Murray, and he, uh, he asked me how I did, and I, I told him what I had, and he goes, he goes, I only have three, so it made me feel a little bit better. And then I talked with Justin Kerr, who was uh, who was in second place, and, and I had a little less than a three pound lead on him, and he told me he only had three fish. So then I thought there might be a glimmer of hope that that those guys maybe it was tough for everybody. Um, but yeah, still, still definitely nervous. You I mean, it's a, a lot of money between first and second, and and I got second last year, and I definitely did not go there to get second again. So you know, I went there for one reason, and that was to win, and I was just glad I was able to pull it off. Well, your U.S. Open champion, there's, they can never take that away from you. Uh, uh, a lot of great prizes that uh, Western Outdoor News and Billy and the gang over there put together, put together a uh, a great event. Uh, uh, what's been happening to you in the uh, the past few days since uh, uh, that event? Uh, you've been making contacts with uh, new sponsors. Uh, what have you been doing? 
<laughs> catching up on yard work. I got home uh, Thursday <laughs> night. Actually, it was a, the original plan was uh, my book, great good friend, Jared Littner, he, uh, he left Las Vegas, and he went straight back to MLF Cup event, and he did not need his boat. The co-angler, uh, Kyle Greenlaw, that came with me, we planned on renting a U-Haul to tow his boat home, Jared's boat home, so he didn't have to tow it back to, uh, back east. And since I ended up winning that boat, I, we ended up renting two U-Hauls and, uh, another friend of mine drove my truck and boat home and I hopped in a U-Haul and towed the, that Bath Cat, uh, Puma that I won home. So I didn't get home till later Thursday night. Uh, woke up in the morning. I had to mow my backyard, front yard, uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff to do around the house. And then, uh, I actually, had Jared's boat at my house, and he had somebody coming to look at it that evening, so I cleaned his boat up for him and and showed his boat, and the guy wanted to go do a test drive the next day, so I was out at Mouse Minnow most of the day yesterday um, trying to sell Jared's boat, which I, I think we got that done. And so my day yesterday, I was just kind of kind of dealing with that and got home, went to a barbecue, a birthday party barbecue, and then today I've been Cleaned my boat up, unloaded my truck, and I just got done barbecuing a tri-tip and had a few friends over and just kind of relaxing and getting ready to go back to reality tomorrow, back to work. Oh, man. That that sounds good. Uh, you know, you can't get to where you are without uh, a few good sponsors. You want to tell us about some of the sponsors that have helped support you and to get to where, to where you are today? Uh, I, I really don't have sponsors. Um, I mean, the company I work for, they, they help me out. Help me out, uh, MG Underground. Um, I mean, I'm shareholder there. I've worked for that company for a little over 20 years. But other than that, I, I just I've always done it myself. Do you have products that you rely on? Uh, yeah, I got products I rely that I use. Um, I'm not sponsored by them, but um, I, uh, I I use them, and you know, I try to use the the best stuff out there. Um, I mean, definitely. What has helped me is, uh, actually, I didn't tell this story. On, on day two, um, coming in, I uh, I threw an ear on my prop, and it was in the Virgin Basin. I still had about a 20-mile run back, and I didn't want to get off pad because I didn't know if I was going to get get back on pad. So I, I ran with a with an ear off my prop for, for 20 miles, going 50 miles an hour. And I had 11 pounds that day, and I, I came in and weighed my fish. And you know, the first person I called was, was Rick Rover with Angler's Marine. Um, you might have a couple boats down there with him for sale. Actually, uh, a prize boat that I won in June, and, and another boat, another Ranger 520L that I have for sale down there with him. And uh, called him, and he came over, had his mechanics crew come over, make sure I didn't didn't uh, bent my prop shaft and put a new prop on my boat, and uh, make sure it was good to go for day three. So, uh, yeah, definitely, oh Rick, a big thank you. Well, Rick and his crew hey, over there one, taking one care. Question, real quick: What's that 520L? What year is that? You're trying to sell? Uh, yeah, 2018 520L down there at Anglers, and then I got a 2019 uh, Z518. Um, that's brand new. Never, never been on the water with a. What are you asking for the uh, 520, and what are you asking for the other one? Do you know? Uh, Rick has them on his website on Anglers Marine. All right. Well, I get people calling me every day wanting to know if there's a deal someplace to get a, a new boat. So I'll, I'll pass that information on come Monday. Boats are down there. They could go take a look at them. Yeah, indeed. Hey, has has uh, your win there at the U.S. Open that greased the wheels any for maybe you to venture outside the area and and take on some other circuits or what? 
I, I like doing what I do. I fish the Wild West. Uh, I'll cherry pick a few FLWs. Uh, I'll fish the U.S. Open. You know, I, I got a good job. I got a so I I enjoy enjoy pretty much what I'm doing right now. Um, and I fish the the bigger stuff in the West, and I'm good good with that. Good for you. All <laughs> good right. For you. Well, Nick, I, I can't thank you enough. I I know you've had a lot of demands on your time and. It seems like uh, Stan and I know what that yard work situation's all about, man. You can never get ahead of that. And we just appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about the U.S. Open. And we're going to be following you. And we hope we have the opportunity to speak with you again. And, and just good luck with your, your fishing uh, in the uh, upcoming season. And congratulations on being the 2019 U.S. Open champion. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you both, and uh, thanks again for having me. Uh, appreciate it. Keep it going, buddy. Good luck. All right. Talk to you, talk to you guys later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Stan, you know, that that's great. Uh, you know, I I like the fact that the guy likes fishing that as, as a tournament lake, not necessarily a fun lake. And the fact that he's uh, self-sponsored, uh, man, it, it it's a uh, you know, really the true meaning of a sportsman over there, and he's, he's having a lot of success at it. You know, there's there's kind of a weird dichotomy there. Most guys that get involved with our sport, they want to be the the pro. They want to get sponsored. They want to go, you know, they want to get the boat. They want to get the all the gear, and they want to be the guy. <laughs> this guy comes from a completely opposite end of the of the f- faction he's got a good job he's got a he makes enough money obviously he can afford the boat but he's talented enough that you know i'll buy the stuff i'm going to use and he knows how to win he's learned the, i don't know how to explain that but if you're one of the guys in the check line all the time you're depending on all those other guys to keep coming down there but his deal is the guys that are sponsored especially new guys they have they put the pressure on themselves. Oh, I got to win, you know, to impress people and da 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 da. You know, kind of I got to do well. My sponsors aren't going to, you know, want me to be last on the list. Well, he comes in from a different bent. He he goes, I don't have any pressure. I just buy my stuff and I go out there and fish. So I'm not worried about what the sponsors think. I'm just going to go out and fish my best and see where I come out at the end of the day. Which taking the pressure off yourself is the key to being successful in the fishing as a professional too, until you can kind of get to that point where, you know, either you're going to be, you're good and you're competitive and you know that you can compete against the best of the best. And once you get to that point, you're in because that's learning how to win and learning how to fish for the, for money tournament after tournament after tournament. But you've got to get to the point where you can say, all right, I don't care. And I'm just going to go fish, and I'm going to, I'm going to be in the money. I just don't know where. And that's I kind of think from what he was saying. You know, he's gotten to that point. He doesn't have any sponsors that he's really. He doesn't have people that are saying, "I'll give you something for free." Yet, maybe if he wanted to get outside the box and travel, that would be something. But the fact that he's just doing it on his own is absolutely great. I, I love that part. Not only that, there's all kind. You know, we're coming up in a in an age now where there are all kinds of great local events to fish, both in Northern California and Southern California here, where you can, you can fish really well. I, I think it's a, 
and it's an example to young fishermen out there that, you know, you can be wearing all the decals and labels and everything else like that, but nothing beats winning. No. And, you know, the fact that Jared Lintner is a, is his good friend and partner, they fish together. That guy's at the top echelon of the fishing world. So he's not fishing with, with the guys at the bottom end of the ladder. He's on the top end. His other friend that he fishes with, Ken Ma. Well, Ken Ma is a winner, man. He knows how to win tournaments. He's always involved. He's with Vexus Boats now. He's doing a great job at what he does. A lot of these guys are my clients, and I, I get to talk with them, deal with them. I don't get to fish as much as I used to way back when because i got to run the business. But, you know, to be involved with that group of guys that he's involved with, and he's at the upper echelon, and he he's taken the pressure off himself. I'm just going to go fish, and I don't care because there's no sponsors involved. That's a pretty good thing. All right. Well, Stan, I think that just about wraps it up for tonight. And uh, I'm glad you had a great trip down to Cabo. I hope you had a chance to visit with Sissy down there for a little while. And uh, as you know, uh, Cabo Greg has come aboard with us at uh, Land's End Charter as a sponsor. So uh, a lot of good reasons to go down to Cabo San Lucas and just kind of relax and or some great events coming on up. Well, over the, I don't know, 30 some odd years or more that I've been going down there. God, I've been going down there since the late 70s, come to think of it. But but I've done the homework for you. If you're going to go down and you're going to go in the next, I don't care when, if you're going to rent a car, call Cactus Rent-A-Car down there. And tell uh, Antonio, he's the the boss down there, that uh, Antonio Miranda, that uh, you heard about it on Rod and Reel Radio. I mean, they've got an 800 number you can call from here. But they will give you a better deal. I mean, I had to rescue two other people from two other uh, rental places when they called me down there. I go, man, we're stuck, and these guys are going to overcharge us by thousands of dollars. I went, well, call Cactus. They actually sent a car over and picked the guys up at their 800 number from the U.S. is 866-225-9220. I went down, and if you're going to have dinner, go to the... Uh, Ajo La Luna for sure. Visit with uh, Sissy. Tell her you heard about it and you want the Rod and Reel Radio discount. Save 10% on your meal and get free cocktail or glass of wine with your entree. It, it doesn't get much better than that. It's just a fun place. You'll enjoy it. All right. That's it for tonight, everyone. Hey, we want to thank Otto on the AM540 Studios, Ben, our local producer here in San Diego, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Eddie McCune, who started this show, Mr. Paul Leader from Elko and Ford that kept us going all these years, and you, our listeners, thanks a lot for listening. We'll be back next Sunday night at 5.05 p.m. with another edition of Rod and Reel Radio. Till, so until then, on behalf of Stan, Wendy, and myself, you have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. Papa Bing, I've stopped by your place a time or two lately, and you aren't home either. Well, I'm a